This is Framework Leadership. I'm Kent Engel, and you're listening to Framework Leadership, a podcast about how to bring your personal life and organization to the next level. Wow, what an honor today. I'm sitting down with former Senator Bill Nelson. Senator Nelson is an American attorney, politician, who served as the U.S. Senator from Florida from 2001 to 2019. Senator Nelson is a member of the NASA Advisory Committee and became the second sitting member of Congress to fly in space. Member of the Democratic Party, previously served in the Florida House of Representatives and in the U.S. House of Representatives. It's a pleasure to welcome Senator Nelson to this podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Doctor. I want to start out uh, with a little bit about your background. You served in the U.S. Army Reserve for a period of time and, and moved up the ranks to captain. Now, looking back on that experience, how important was that to really the overall success that you've had throughout your career? Well, it was during a tough time because the nation was split. It was during Vietnam. Mm. And remember, that was uh, not a very popular war. Uh, We had come out of that uh, extraordinary experience of World War II, uh, which had united the nation, less so the Korean War, uh, because there was a lot of division there. But then during Vietnam, the nation was just split. Um, unfortunately, some of our returning troops were spit upon because of the unpopularity of the war. Uh, that never happened to me. Uh, uh, I, I fortunately had the, the great experience of, uh, of being an officer and uh, having a very, very positive experience. Uh, I was uh, a product of ROTC through college, and that's how I got commissioned, was uh, uh, told to go on to law school. And so then I came on active duty for my two-year requirement of active duty after law school. Okay. And we have a robust ROTC program here at at Southeastern University. Terrific. Very important. Now, you first ran for political office, was it 1972? 72. And what was the passion? What drove your desire to move into that? I had always been interested in public service. Coming up through high school, getting elected to various uh, student positions. And uh, I just knew that... uh, if the Lord gave me any kind of talent, that it was pointed in that particular direction. And so uh, Grace and I had just been married. We had literally come home from the honeymoon, and a seat opened in the state legislature, and the two of us started campaigning together, uh, uh, going uh, door to door, knocking on doors, and... uh, that was a great way to start out your marriage. Sure. Wow. What a great experience together. And now I've got to ask you this question. Um, in 1986, you had the opportunity to, to fly aboard uh, the Columbia Space Shuttle on, what was it, STS-61C mission. Uh, and, and now, of course, you're a member of the NASA Advisory Committee. I'm curious, um, for the person that has never traveled to space, which is most of us, uh, what was something that would surprise all of us about that experience? Um, 
There's actually a term for it, and it's space flyers that have this unique um, experience. It's called the overview effect. Wow. And basically, it's when you look out the window of a spacecraft back at home, and home is the planet. Uh, It really uh, has an effect on you. And as you orbit the Earth every 90 minutes, about an hour of that in daylight, the sun side of the Earth, about a half hour in the Earth's shadow, which is the night side of the Earth, uh, and you look back at this extraordinary creation, colorful, alive, suspended in the middle of nothing, the the dark void of space. And you you realize that we are so fortunate that out in all of this vastness, here we are. It had an effect on me um, from a standpoint as uh, a believer that, uh, first of all, I I knew that... uh, we were defying a, a lot of uh, things that could go wrong, and they had all worked for us, and we were safe because 10 days after we landed, Challenger launched and blew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also had the effect of looking back at Earth as a politician. I looked, and I didn't see political divisions. And I didn't see religious divisions, didn't see racial divisions. Mm. I saw that we were all in this together as citizens of planet Earth. And that has informed a lot of my public service. Another thing that informed my public service as a result of looking out the window is I could see how fragile Earth was. I could look at the rim of the earth and see the thin film of the atmosphere. And then I could see things that were happening. Even from that altitude, I could see, for example, the color differences in the upper Amazon region where they were destroying the rainforest. Mm. And then look to the east and look at the mouth of the Amazon and, and the waters of the Atlantic for hundreds of miles were discolored from the additional silt that was coming uh, down the river as a result. I became more of an environmentalist by what I saw. And I wanted to be a better steward of this incredible thing called planet Earth when I got back. And that has been a a part that has informed my public service. And and because of that uh, transformational experience, I mean, you... There's no doubt you have have spoken passionately um, about taking care of our planet and and all about preventing climate change. Uh, when it comes to preventing climate change, and 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 a lot of our students, I mean, this is a, a definitely an issue that's important to them and, and they value. But what what do you think is the number one thing that most people don't understand about this issue and its importance? Well, I don't think that they connect uh, 
the way that we are polluting our planet. Mm. And then I don't think that a lot of people, unless you live, for example, at Ground Zero, which is Southeast Florida, and you're seeing the oceans actually rise where at mean high tide in certain times of the year, it's flooding the streets of Fort Lauderdale and Miami Beach. And unless you're experiencing that, it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and in, indeed, the earth is heating up. And we've got to be careful what we're doing of putting certain uh, pollutants into the upper atmosphere that is trapping the heat that otherwise would radiate back out into space. That is the phenomenon that is occurring that is causing the earth to heat. We have a lot of students that, that listen to this podcast, and, and given the various uh, professional uh, positions that you've held, what's one piece of leadership uh, advice that you would give young people who at times feel discouraged when they don't have their dream job yet? How do, you, how, how do we need to encourage them to keep, keep going? Well, there are always going to be disappointments in life. But the question is, do you have the perseverance mm. and the discipline to continue on uh, on what your passion is? And if you do uh, and you are honest about it with yourself and with others, then there's a good uh, likelihood that you are going to be rewarded at some point in your life. And so I would encourage them, get your education, uh, work hard, apply yourself, apply what you know. Uh, be concerned not only about yourself, but about your community. Mm. And uh, that attitude is a recipe for success as a citizen of planet Earth and as blessed as we are as American citizens as well. Great encouragement. You've had, and speaking of tough days, I mean, you've had some important decisions uh, in your role uh, throughout your time, especially as, as senator. Um, on those tough days, when you have to make those kinds of decisions, What's the one thing that you always keep in the back of your mind as you go to cast that vote and make that decision? Well, I can tell you and answer that question from the secular side and also from the spiritual. Uh, from the secular side, it, it's easy. Try to do the right thing. And when you mess up, try to correct it. And then own up to how you messed up. Uh, from the spiritual, of course, it's trying to seek the Lord's will. That's good. A couple more questions, and we'll close with a quick fast round of questions that I always ask uh, those who are guests. Um, when you think about the balance between, and this is important for any leader, when you think about the balance between your work and your personal life, what keeps you motivated to keep your family priority in your life? 
I think you've got to have a grounding uh, other than the spiritual in an understanding of what's right and wrong. Mm. And your family has obviously got to be a priority. Now, you're going to mess up as I've messed up uh, so many times, but uh, when our children were little and I was a young congressman, Uh, And I had to go home every weekend to the congressional district from Washington. I would usually take one of our two children with me. And they were uh, basically very small. But having that personal time with them. Uh, Also, uh, with your spouse, particularly in public life, if your spouse is not a partner, Mm. it's going to be tough. And that's what uh, a number of members of Congress are experiencing right now because they don't have a place in Washington. Their family is in their family home back in their congressional district. And so they don't see their family all week. Uh, They go home and they are tugged and pulled on their public duties and don't get to see their family like they should. So it's a, it's a constant fight to find a balance as a public servant that you realize that you've got an obligation to your family as well as the public. Last question before the, the final round here. You gave your farewell speech Uh, back in December of 2018 after serving as a U.S. senator for almost 20 years. What's the most important life lesson you've learned in your service? In public service? Public service. Uh, If you want to get things done, you can't do it alone. Mm. You've got to bring people together. Uh, As the good book says, come, let us reason together. Yeah, that's good. Collaboration. All right. Uh, three quick questions. We always ask our, our guests. Um, uh, you have a, a day, a, you're mandated to have a perfect day off. What does a perfect day off look like for you when you can do anything you want and you're mandated to make sure you do that? What does that look like? Well, first of all, it would be a new experience. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretty much uh, full throttle for now 42 years. Uh, And um, uh, so I I don't know uh, what a perfect uh, day off, except uh, I can tell you that since my retirement in January, uh, I've been uh, writing my memoirs. I've been trying to give back to students at uh, setting up the Nelson Initiative on ethics and uh, leadership at the University of Florida. Uh, I've kept my finger in the space program, uh, both with NASA as well as with some aerospace companies. Uh, And uh, I'm going to... uh, try to help out people that I believe that are still in public service. And I'm going to try to help them out. That's good. All right. What, what has, and you've met a lot of people. 
What historical leader, living or dead, would you most love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with? Um, I'd like to talk to General U.S. Grant uh, about how in those dark days where he kept having to lose so many men, he, he had the ability just to keep going. I naturally would like to talk uh, also to the original founding fathers. I'd like to know how Hamilton made the transition as a native of the Caribbean within three years. He was a top assistant to General Washington in the Revolutionary War. I'd like to talk to John F. Kennedy and understand uh, his ability to inspire a, a new generation of which I was one. And I'd like to talk to, uh, I'd like to talk to Teddy Roosevelt, how his passion for the environment has left us such a great legacy of national parks. Uh, and I'd like to know, uh, and have him tell me, as I've talked to a lot of his friends, uh, Lyndon Johnson, how he was so masterful in bringing people together and breaking the deadlock against civil rights with the 64 Civil Rights Bill and the 65 Voting Rights Bill. That, uh, that would be a red-letter day if I could talk to that. all of those folks. That would be fascinating <laughs> conversations. Final question, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but what's your next big dream? Well, since John Glenn flew at age 77, uh, and I'm 77, of course, <laughs> I, I don't expect that uh, in any way uh, that's not realistic. I'm saying this more as a funny. Uh, but uh, I want to see us really get uh, our space program going and do what our goal is, is to land humans on Mars in the decade of the 2030s. Wow. Exciting. Man, what an honor to host you on this podcast. And I, I want to thank you. I'm so grateful for your servant leadership, because that's what you have uh, exemplified, servant leadership, always putting people first in everything you do. So grateful for you and, and your significant contribution. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mr. President. To connect with Kent, visit kentingle.com. Also make sure to follow him on Twitter at Kent Ingle and on Facebook at Kent.ingle. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership.